everyone, and welcome to another episode of Opera After Dark. Oh, oh, jeez, that was aggressive. Aggressive. A aggressive. Generally, my style is to be extremely aggressive. That's not the first word I, found I think that. of. I do, I do find that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if either. Yeah. I, I sometimes oh. can be aggressive, but I, I don't know that I've ever been that way around you guys. I have never, ever seen you be aggressive about anything towards anyone. <laughs> okay. Ever. Fair enough. Unbecoming of Senator Homewood. Right, right. Like, I've yeah. never seen. Maybe you're an entirely different person when we're not together. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just full of Full of Yeah. Repress white man rage. Right. Uh, right, because <laughs> I have so many things to be upset about. <laughs> well, today we're actually going to be speaking about um, another white man who had a lot of repressed rage. Really? Are Italians um, white men? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy oh. it, try, it, it all tied together. It was a sweet ass segue. That's Thank excellent. you. <laughs> um, Today we're going to uh, be talking about a specific opera, but to speak very briefly about the composer, his name was Alfredo Catalani, um, and he obviously was Italian. Uh, he was born in 1854, and he died in 1893, so he was only 39 when he died. So Sad. young. So young. He died of consumption. Oh. That's, yeah. So he had Oof. tuberculosis. <laughs> I guess that that was like the disease of the day. I know, I was it was say, the disease of the day. TB, TB, Mimi's, yeah. Mimi's disease. Um, so yes. he lived in Milan, went to the conservatory there, um, and he wrote five operas when he died at the age of thirty-nine. And the reason that he was so um, upset is he was really he was a contemporary of Puccini, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really, really resented Puccini. <laughs> oh. Who doesn't? A, Am I right? A lot. Who Am doesn't right? resent Puccini? I'll see if we can put, like, photos of them side by side, but they both have, like, similar mustaches. Oh, <laughs> I have to say. They have the droopy mustache. I they thought... do, but Catalani's is a little more uh, severe looking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying <laughs> when you said side by side, I thought you meant, like, they, like, hung out and took photos together. Oh no, he no. hated Puccini. Okay. In fact, enough. there there is one point in his career where he attempted to um, sue Puccini for plagiarism, <gasps> but that didn't go anywhere because Puccini and his like bevy of rich lawyer- lawyers were just like, "What the hell are you talking about, man?" Um, right. I feel like Puccini was part of the Ricordi train, and you don't. Yeah, he was. You don't no mess s- with the Ricordi train. Right. There, there's no, no stopping, stopping it. Hey. No st- Ayo. <laughs> No stopping the recording. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, oh please yes. continue. No. Uh, so, an interesting little side note to his extremely brief career is that um, while he wrote very few operas, he actually did work with two of the most famous librettists of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the opera that we're going to talk about, um, the last opera he wrote, was written by a man named Luigi Illica, who also was the librettist for Bohème, Tosca, and Butterfly. Oh, dang. And, yeah. yeah, and his first opera, uh, called La Falace, was uh, by a librettist, 
The libretto was by, um, oh, guy, I never pronounced this guy's first name correctly, Arrigo uh, Boito, who works right. with uh, Verdi, and he did the libretto for Otello and Falstaff. Nice. Boito also wrote that crazy Mephistofel. <gasps> Mephistofel. Mephistofel. Um, Mephistofel. He's known as a librettist, but he did actually compose a little bit and oh, wrote wow. a story or wrote an opera on the story of Faust that is almost never done. But I think there's some clips of it floating around YouTube that are pretty funny. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to talk about his final uh, opera, uh, the fifth one called La Wally. Nice. Yeah. Is that is it is it the best or just most popular one? It's the only one that people know. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's the best, but it's certainly the most popular. Yeah. By people, of course, that does not include me because (laughs) I am unaware. To be fair, I knew this opera existed, but I literally know next to nothing about it. So it's it's not just you, Kyle. It's oh, me. The, um, God. the the only reason <laughs> that people know it is because there is um, an aria in it for the title character. Um, it's a very very famous soprano aria. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's listen to it right now. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> It's called Eben Neandro Lontana. And I don't know, this is Maria Callas sing it. Whammy. Whatever. <laughs>
I could be wrong, but there was this movie I saw recently. Oh, man. Now I can't remember the title. Was it called Diva? No, but it was this movie about a... uh, I'm a a diva. A couple, and they were... What is that? That's Beyonce. Oh, sorry. Um, It was featured in a movie that I saw recently that was a really good movie, but really, really sad, and it has the British guy in it. Um, oh, <laughs> well, I can't think of who it is. I'm gonna look it up. How it's long ago movie. was it? We should guess. You and McGregor. Very, no, it's oh. very recent. Uh Tom Hiddleston. Actually, is two two British guys. In Bandit it. Cumberbatch. No, no, but it also has. Has anyone seen Skins? No. Yes. So the guy who plays Tony in Skins is also like a young teenager in this oh. movie too it's a really good movie it's just hugh grant it's not hugh. <laughs> hugh grant isn't anywhere close to being a teenager no he was he would be like the other character oh no, gotcha I can't gotcha even... we've talked about this a lot i feel yeah. like people are bored naomi did you figure out what this movie was when i i just googled lawali Lo- movie reference and all i get is wally the disney movie oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that is... movie made me cry so much me too the italian the italian version can i what what would like the italian robot version be still the same i don't know how how do you 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 would have to what is be the italian translation of put on your sunday clothes from hello dolly because that's the song he kept listening to was like the soundtrack to hello dolly oh i have to admit i i haven't seen wally what? what? <laughs> oh my god, that one scene where they're reading the definition in the dictionary of what dancing is. I know. Shut up. That's when I started crying. I was like, this fucking movie. <laughs> I I love the scene where he's because he's like collects things, right? And then he has the spork and he doesn't know like what <laughs> compartment to put it in. It's like where, 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 where? What the hell is this? Oh, it's so good. You should Kyle, really watch Wally. Gotta see Wally. Okay, it's so I'll do it. good. I, mm-hmm. It's so good. It'll happen. It's so good. Is that on on Netflix these days? I'm sure it is. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I can't find it. If I think of it or find it, I'll I'll interrupt and let you know. So the kid from Skins. <laughs> oh, that's how I, that's how I can find it. Okay, it's Nick something, right? I just put in skin. Don't don't. We're gonna take time with this. Don't worry about I th- it, people. I think I'm getting lost. I think at some point we'll 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 pull it full circle. We always do. A single man. That's the name of it. Oh, it's Colin Firth. Yes. I yes. should have, uh, Mr. Darcy. I should have started Mr. with that. That's Darcy. my mistake, Mr. Darcy. So in the movie, A Single Man, which is a really great but really really sad movie. Yep. Um. There, he his like favorite aria that they play throughout. It's like reoccurring throughout the movie is the big aria from La Wally, the soprano aria that we just listened to Maria Callas sing, and we're back, uh, <laughs> and we brought it full circle. Uh, before Finally. I talk about the um the plot, um, so uh, Catalani was thirty nine when he died in eighteen ninety three, um. And one interesting fact about La Wally is that it was premiered at La Scala in ni- in 1982 in 1892. <laughs> excuse me. Mm. 
Wait, so um, he was a contemporary of Puccini, but Puccini was like, didn't he do? Was it Bohem that came out in like eighteen ninety two? Yeah, no, this, Bohem did not come out in eighteen ninety two. I think Manon Lescaut did. Oh, maybe. Oh wait, I think it was Bohem. I just, I feel I'm thinking like, of Butterfly. Butterflies later. I feel like Puccini didn't uh-huh. like hit his peak until after the turn of the century. And yeah, but he was still like. Puccini at that point. Manon Lescaut was already out, and Manon Lescaut is his big hit. Right. Puccini's right. So I'm just hit. saying, imagine how pissed this guy would be if he found out like what eventually happened with Puccini. Well, he he never did because he died. Right, and he hated early Puccini. Imagine how he would feel about like about late Puccini, full Puccini, Fanchula. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> imagine how he, how he would feel about <laughs> Deke Johnson. Duke Johnson. <laughs> we'll get to that. People. We'll get to that. All right. So uh, the premiere was a success, but as a weird side note, Catalani's fee for the opera hinged completely on the number of future stagings of the opera. Ooh, um, and after the premiere, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Every um, time they stage it, he gets a, li- a little bit of money. He gets a percentage. Yeah, guys. So it's, it's like, like, an, it's like a opera door futures. Horrible, <laughs> horrible economic model. Horrible economic model. So after that premiere, the opera was seldom performed. So uh, for Catalani, he never really made a lot of money off of it, and then he died. Dang. Wah, wah, Literally, wah, like a year later, he died. Literally a year later. How? So thinking of opera futures, how great would that have been for like the, our our mainstay composers if their like families could just continually? Cash oh yeah. In? Oh my god. Well. I feel well, like a lot of them some of them did. do. Yeah, Britain, Britain's and, estate has a pretty tight rein on those operas. Oh, really? Okay. Anybody and else? Puccini's I, estate did for a while, for a long time afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like earlier than that, it's like before copyright, and so it's like kind of fair game. Right. Well, Verdi had very strict. Although Verdi is, you know, still mid to late eighteen hundreds, but. He and Ricordi did have a pretty tight deal where, like, you couldn't even stage a Verdi opera without following his exact directions. Mm. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, especially for Aida, Ballo and Mascara, Otello. Like, that's why they have these booklets that exist that are basically, like, the staging directions that you also had to agree to follow if you were staging it's like, a Verdi um, opera. And all the productions of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was the choreographer in West Side Story? Like every production, I think until a couple of years ago, had to use the specific choreography or else they couldn't do it. And actually, in Bel Canto Opera too, and at least from the time of Bel Canto onward, there actually was a huge like pirated sheet music industry for Italian opera, which is really interesting because um, copyright law was like so in its early form compared to what it is today that there was this thing where people would like go to the opera house and they would listen and then they would make these horrible piano transcriptions of the arias and accompaniments. And so there was a lot of pirated sheet music that would float around and some places would try and just like put on performances of the really popular arias without paying royalties. Nice. So anyway, yes. So I get to this opera, La Wally. There is a reason that it does not get staged very often. And I'm just going to say it right now, and then we'll get back to it within the context of the story. But there's a big avalanche. What? And that's how the singer dies. And so that's a difficult thing to stage. So that's why this opera's not done very well. I feel like right now, like a house like the Met or another big house, they would love the opportunity 
to stage an avalanche? I think if like Anna Trubko said, I really want to do this opera, <laughs> they would do it. But that's the only reason that they would do it. Yeah. When has it been performed at the Met? Um, it was performed at the Met four times. Oh, that's it. That's it. I wonder how they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they had to end a run early. I don't know. Our avalanche machine is not working, folks. Okay. Right. <laughs> so this story, it takes place um, in the Austrian Alps in a town called Hochstuff. It's all, it's all making more sense now. The avalanche. Right. The avalanche takes place in the mountains. All right, so the curtain opens, and um, there is a shooting contest being held to celebrate um, the 70th birthday of a man named Strominger, who is Wally's father. La Wally is the title character. Her name is Wally. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. We're calling her Wally. The end. <laughs> yeah, I did right. hear you one time when we were talking about doing this episode uh, say La Wally. Is it, was that, that was Naomi. I don't know what the correct way is. I have no I'm just idea. Thinking, I see a W, and then in German you would say Volley, but I don't know what it is. In it is it is based on I think a German story, like a German novel. But I don't okay. know if you call it La Volley. I'm just gonna call her Wally. Yeah, yeah, Wally. It looks like Wally. Wally. <laughs> I feel like that was like uh, is that uh, like Patty Lapone Wally. Was that Ethel Merman? Or, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ethel Merman, Wally. Wally! I can't do an Ethel Merman. <laughs> Wally! <laughs> yeah, All right, but, but so in like, the movie, he, the other robot says, Wally! She does, Eva. Wally! Yeah. Eva! 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 Wally! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so instead of apparently the opera, we're going to talk about the Pixar film. No, so no, no, no. Back to the opera. In. Back to the opera. Scene opens. Earth is destroyed. <laughs> hey, that actually would be an interesting opera. I mean, I don't know how you would really sing it. I mean, it, it would be more just instrumental music, right? It'd be orchestration. Wall E, the Pixar film. Yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? That would be kind of cool. You just have to have like a really good robot actor. Well, you'd have to also get the rights for Hello Dolly because Hello Dolly features prominently in it. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I'm. Sh- I mean, if you get the rights to Wall E. From Disney, I mean Disney. Oh, hold, that's fair. They hold that's on fair. to their rights pretty hard. They really like right. to clench okay. clench their cheeks on those on those rights. So they gotta, you know, hang on to all that money that they have because they don't own enough of this world. Right, right. All right. right. Anyway, so, back so to the original we're in Wally. we're in the Alps in Austria. Uh huh. There's a shooting contest to celebrate this dude's 70th birthday. Oh. Um. So we're in like a hunting lodge. And all of a sudden, this hunting party enters, and they're from the nearby village of Soden, and they're led by a man named Hagenbach, who is Strominger's... I can't get through this if you're going to laugh at everybody's name. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, just, it sounds so similar to Hagendoss, but please. <laughs> so Hagendoss and Strominger hate each other, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so they get into, like, a fighting match with each other. Um... And at the same time, with Hagenbach is this man who's, uh, it's actually, this opera's really funny because the surnames are all super German, but the first names are all really Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> so uh, there's this guy, 
uh, the bad guy of the opera, his name is Vincenzo Gellner. <laughs> Vincenzo <laughs> Gellner. <laughs> Vincenzo Gellner. Uh. Uh, so he's super into Wally and wants her. Um, but unfortunately, she seems to be super infatuated with somebody else who we will of course. meet later. What? Love triangle. Is it Giuseppe Wagner? <laughs> His first name actually is Giuseppe. Oh. <laughs> well done, yes. Well done, sir. What is well his done. last name? I should have gotten more creative. Bullenbach. <laughs> oh, please. Please tell me it's Giuseppe Bullenbach. <laughs> She's checking. She's checking. Oh, man. <laughs> No, it's it's Hagenbach. <laughs> oh, she's she's in love with her dad's like mortal enemies. Ah, uh, uh, so it's like a Romeo and Juliet type situation. Gotcha. We can call him Giuseppe Wagner if you want. No, no, no. I like Bolenbach. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so after like Bull- just actually just for frame of reference, Bolenbach is it was my wife's grandmother's maiden name. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And she she was she was German, so that's my frame of reference. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So um after like this big family uh like Capulets and Montague style fight, um everybody leaves except for uh Gellner, Vincenzo, <laughs> and uh and Wally's dad. Um <laughs> hey, Gellner. And Gellner is like, I really want to marry uh, your daughter. And Wally's father is like, yeah, awesome. And then he turns to Wally and he's like, you've got to marry this dude. If you don't marry this dude in like a month's time, I'm just going to kick you out of the house. You need to do your duty <laughs> as a daughter. And she says Classic. she would rather take her chances in the Alpine snows than marry someone like Gellner. Oh, no. Foreshadowing she, everybody. She's the one that gets killed in the avalanche. That's terrible. Well, the opera's named after her, so of course she dies. You're right. Ah, man, we really need to just, like, have a full rundown of that theory in an episode. We do. We saw Thais the other day, and I forgot that Thais dies at the end, but of course she dies at the end. It's called Thais. Hey, yes. how how was Eileen Perez? Beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's awesome. She's super great. Those costumes are hilarious in like the best possible way. She was awesome. That's one great. Least, one of the costumes that's my favorite. It's like a gold lame, like very intricate, crazy gown, and then it has like fuchsia puff sleeves that are removable <laughs> with a train. For it's each not sleeve. even like a a coat. It's just sleeves. Yeah. Because people take them off on stage, and it's just like a sleeve and a sleeve, and that's it. I'm like, wait, what? How, I thought it was a old, jacket. How old is that production? It's uh, not that eight, old. Eight years, maybe? Huh. And Lacroix designed the costumes. Christian Lacroix designed Lacroix. the costumes for Thais. You mean yes. like the, the sparkling water? Apparently that is pronounced Lacroix. Oh, God. I have I've discovered because I looked it up online after someone said that I was being really pretentious <laughs> pronouncing it. By pronouncing it Lacroix. And I was like, it's Lacroix, darling, it's Lacroix. That's too funny. Dang it. Where it is it? It's actually French. It would be pronounced Lacroix. But yeah, where is it where is that manufactured? Is it an American thing? Probably like Minnesota. I think it is an American thing. Dang it. 
LaCroix, reach out to us. Now we know. Don't you want to sponsor a classical music podcast? Yeah. Definitely. Now we know it's LaCroix. Now I can... I actually know people that listen to this podcast that will be happy to know that it is LaCroix. It's a very... Good. It's up in the air. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So back to this <laughs> singer who's destined to be covered by an avalanche. Okay, great. So the act ends with her being like, I'm not going to marry that dude. I'd rather die in the snow than marry Vincenzo Gilner. I'm in love with Giuseppe Hagenbach. End of act one. I'd rather be a Hagenbach than a Gilner. Hagenbach. Well, Hagenbach isn't so great either. Oh, um, okay. So act two opens, and it's a year later. Um, Wally's father's dead. <laughs> That's convenient. It's convenient. She's inherited all his money. Mm-hmm. So she's a wealthy Yay. woman. However, the man she's in love with, Hagenbach, um, has become engaged to a different woman. Damn. A woman named Afra, who is the landlady of the tavern in town and apparently is not interested in Wally at all. What? Who, I who know. wants to be engaged to the the landlady of a tavern? Hey, Usually, she didn't have any hand in this. She might be a really nice woman. I know, but generally in stories like this, the landlady of a tavern is either like an old maid or a, like some kind of widow. Maybe she's like Minnie in La Fanchula del Last. Mm-hmm. Look, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, historically speaking, that's not usually your, like, ideal match is the landlady of a tavern. I'm just saying, opera's probably the mezzo in this opera, so back off. (laughs) (laughs) Point made, Elspeth. Point made. All right, so the love of her life is engaged to another woman. Um, And so... There's a festival going on, so Lawali goes to the tavern knowing that uh, Hagenbach is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hagenbach is sort of bullied by the crowd around them in the festival, and he's persuaded to accept a challenge to try and win a kiss from Lawali. Apparently, she's like a famous beauty in the town, whatever. Um, so what begins as a game quickly develops into something more serious. Mm-hmm. And Hagenbach wins the wager. Um, and he goes to kiss her, and Lawali realizes that she's been a victim of a cynical bet, like Rachel Lee Cook in She's All That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of situation when she realizes that that she was a bet, she was just a bet, she was just a fucking bet. Just Um, a bet. Just a bet. She gets really upset and really jealous, and she turns to Gelner. Of course. Who is just been hanging around this whole time? Yep. All right. He's been hanging around this whole time, and she tells him that um, if he loves her, that he's got to kill Hagenbach. <gasps> Dang. Dun, dun, dun. I was going to ask if maybe then she, like, and she's all that, she blew an air horn in his ear and made him, like, kind of deaf, but this is much worse. It is. No, she's just going to get this guy to kill this other guy. Right, like murder. That's intense. That's how the second act ends. Oh, we've got a third and then act. We got we got four acts, baby. Four. Whoa. Whoa. All right. So act three opens, and Lawali is sitting in her home, and hey. she realizes that she might have spoken slightly rashly. <laughs> um, and yeah, she thanks. wishes that she could take it back. Um, and right when she thinks that she should take it back, there is 
a knock at the door. Oh, dang. And she opens it, and it's fucking Gellner. Fucking of course. Gellner. Gellner, who sits down, he's like, hey, since it's dark out, I was able to surprise Hagenbach, and I threw him into a ravine, and he's dead. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that he's actually dead, by the way. Well, that's, that's always, fair. Like, throwing into a ravine seems like it would kill somebody, but how can you know unless you go down to the bottom of the ravine? It's true. Well, right. Oh. Obviously. Nice. Um, obviously, Wally is like, oh, no. And she goes to the <laughs> ravine. She goes to the ravine in the hopes of saving Hagenbach. Um, and she actually, in a very, I guess, brave sort of feminist feat, like ties some rope together and like rappels down into the ravine to see if she can save Hagenbach. I'm sure she's wearing this a dress this great. whole time. And she successfully yes. raises his unconscious body up. She's like carries him back up the ravine and he's alive. Dang. Yep. This sounds like end of the act three. A really difficult scene to stage. Like the whole scene is like her rappelling down and then rappelling up with an like with a body, a dead a body. like like a an unconscious a dead weight body. body. Yeah. An yeah. I'd love to hear how they did actually stage that. Do you think she's like singing while rappelling? I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. That would be an awesome thing to do in in. That would be modern. so fucking awesome. Like now that there's more modern technology, with I mean, you could totally do that. Bring it back, people. You could rappel and sing, right, Elspeth? Even without modern technology? Yeah, I think so. Can you imagine how they would have done this? It's like, you know, Lavali's like tied in a hoop and she's like, somebody's like lowering her down. It's like a pulley system. A pulley system. Yeah. Yeah. Like like rappelling down like a... (laughs) Rappelling down like a a flat that's shaped like a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, now you could just have her in one spot and have a screen behind her with like a ascending landscape to show that she's descending yeah yeah totes nice although i do think it would be you know much more virtuosic for it to be an actual like descent like the singer's moving up and down while singing i think you could i think as long as you had like your feet on whatever the surface was to sort of like brace yourself while you're breathing i think that you could do that i think it'd be fun yeah nice okay anyway so act four let me guess he doesn't like her even though she saved him. Wait, stop, 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 stop. All right. Um, so it opens and Wally is just like really depressed because obviously she made all this shit happen, which is not so great. Um, and she's hanging out, as one does, in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Right. Wandering lonesome. Um, oh. Her friend, her apparently only friend, this dude named Walter, finds her... <laughs> And he's Walter. like, hey, Walter. He's like, hey, man. Um, It's like around Christmas time. Why don't you come back down off the mountain and we'll have like, we'll drink some eggnog and we'll just <laughs> hang out. And he reminds her that, you know, like this time of year, we usually get a lot of avalanches and you kind of need to watch it. It's a little bit dangerous for you to just be wandering around the mountains right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, go away. And she sends him away, and she contemplates her imminent death, which I think is when the aria happens. Ah. Which, if that happened in real life, that would cause an avalanche. And that would be so the she's actually, it's almost like kind of intentional. She wants to die. Yeah, she feels really bad because she told one dude to, like, murder another dude that didn't really like her as much as she did. And 
like any normal person, she realized that that was probably a mistake. Because she rescued Hagenbach, but he still, you know, was pretty injured because he was thrown into a ravine. <laughs> Are we sure there's not a situation where, like, Hagenbach actually was, like, a huge dick or something? Well, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. I mean, Hagenbach did fall in love with somebody else. He did, but to my knowledge, yeah, but that, he never, that like, in of itself unnecessarily isn't... made her think that she was, like, yeah. His one and only. Oh, okay. I, to my knowledge, that's not that didn't that's not what happened. Hmm. So she was like much more obsessed with him yeah. than he was obsessed with her. Okay. But so she's alone. She contemplates death and what has she done? Life is not worth living. And then she hears a voice in the distance. And guess who it is? Hagenbach. It's Hagenbach. Oh, He's recovered from his injuries. Lavali, and he comes and he finds her, and he's like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> I love you." <laughs> oh, nice. And she says, "I know." And she's like, "Oh my god, I love you too." And so they are like reconciled, and they make out for a little bit, and then Hagenbach leaves because he's like, "I'm gonna go see if like the safest path to get the fuck off of this mountain. Oh, I'm gonna no. come back, and we're gonna get the fuck off of this mountain." Peace, I love you. Hooray. Um, so at the end of the, at the bottom of the mountain, because apparently this dude, who is a tenor, no offense, Kyle, which means he's a fucking idiot. Right, right, of course. <laughs> he's at the bottom of this mountain, and he turns around, and he yells up to Wally, and he's like, hey, this path's good. Let's go down this way. I'll wait for you right here. Hey, um, it's totally hey, safe. It's real safe, but like, high up in the the mask so it's real ringing. Right, right. You know? Oh! Hey! <laughs> it's fine! Lovely! Yeah. Um, so that noise obviously causes an avalanche. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's totally <gasps> So it, ca- it causes an avalanche which kills him. Oh. oh. The avalanche falls and kills him, and then Lavali's like, oh, god damn. And then, she just <laughs> and then she just jumps off a precipice to her death, and that is literally how this opera ends. Oh, Wait, so gosh. she's not the one killed by the avalanche. He is killed by the avalanche, technically, but then she's like, oh, no, the love of my life is dead. Ah. Damn. That's how it ends. I think I know how we need to stage this. Yeah, go for it. I think that... The avalanche needs to come down and it needs to like take him and then it has to keep going and she has to jump into the avalanche when she jumps off the precipice. So like they die together in the avalanche. <laughs> I think that's the only way. Like in a sweet embrace while they're just tumbling through their Tumbly death. snowy embrace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got us, Elspeth. You got us. We thought it was Wally was gonna die in the avalanche. Yeah. Surprise. Well, I guess technically she kind of does. Can I, I ask why why she has to be the Wally instead of just Wally? I have no idea. Like we don't have <laughs> Because it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It is just literally her name. We don't have La Tosca, La Aida. Yeah. I don't know. It might it might be some like weird um idiosyncratic Italian language thing. A I don't weird know. German Italian thing. German yeah. Italian thing. Vincenzo Gellner. And Giuseppe Hagenbach. Hagenbach. Giuseppe Hagenbach. Hagenbach. And Wally Strominger. 
Hey, I could see like this really fun fusion restaurant (laughs) called like Giuseppe Hagenbox. And it's like Italian and German food. So what would like the signature dish be? Well, the hard thing is that like... Oh, yeah. I was going to think of like... um, Like, well, it's hard because when I think of German food, I think of like bratwurst or other things like that. Right. But that's like pretty close to so Italian like brat, sausage. Brat, bratwurst and like bratwurst and, and gnocchi. Mm. Yeah. Or what if you have like an Italian dish with sauerkraut? Oh. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. I love sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's gross. <laughs> Schnitzel parmesan. Schnitzel parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what's Schnitzel the... with noodle. And the Spetzel. Noodle is just... Spetzel marinara. That's what we Spetzel marinara. Spetzel marinara. Schnitzel nice. with noodle. Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. <laughs> These are few of my favorite things. It's so appropriate because right, they so... are also in the Alps. Yes. That is how they escaped the Nazis. It's true. It's true. But Lawali did not get that opportunity. <laughs> Neither did Hagenbach. <laughs> well, when is the time frame that Lawali is supposed to have lived in? Like the late 19th century. Oh, so she technically yeah. could have lived into Nazi times and then. She could have. She would have been an older woman, but it could have happened. Probably absolutely. wouldn't have been able to escape the Nazis over the Alps at that age, but who knows? Maybe I don't know. She Maybe she like fit. kept up her rappelling down ravine. Yeah, right, She kept right. fit. She's pretty oh my capable, God. Naomi. She's capable, oh, Naomi. Right. Okay. She's able-bodied. Okay. Sorry, Lawali. Right. Okay, <laughs> well, now now we know. Now we know the story of Lawali. That is a random opera now plot. Now story life. It is totally a random opera plot. Um, but I do want to end this episode in the first act when they're celebrating Strominger's birthday. There's this one part where he's talking to uh, Wally and he's like, do you remember that song we used to sing um, together? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he turns around and he launches into something called the Song of Edelweiss, which is a yodeling song. And I think <gasps> we should listen to it. Do we know there's a recording? There totally should be. We'll find one. We'll find it. There must be. I'm sure that Lavali... There definitely is because there are recordings of the full opera. Like a lot of really famous singers love this mm. opera. Like Renata Tabaldi recorded mm. it and Callis recorded it. Um, but right. yeah, we'll I think the only way the Met the Met would ever do it is if like Anna Trump goes like, I really want to sing this opera. Nice. I hope she does because I feel like if anyone's going to repel down the length of the Met stage while singing an aria, it's, it's hers. Hey, yeah. that's how we yeah. got uh, Pearl Fishers at the Met, right? Dina Damrau was like, hey, I want to do this. It's, it's true. true. It's not yeah. impossible. Oh,
that is Wally, folks. I hope that we all get to see it one day because I would like to. Right, right. Agreed. And, and in the meantime, while we wait, we may as well go on iTunes or wherever else, write a, a review for Opera After Dark while we wait for we the, the Wally to come to the opera house near us. Yes, mm-hmm. the nearest opera house. Or if you're so inclined, put on your own production. Right, there you right. Go. Also, hey, hey. Make sure you check out that one random article by Playbill, <laughs> which has listed Opera After Dark as one of the must-listen classical and or opera podcasts. Must listen. We're breezy, which I think is code for we're drunk. <laughs> this is a, a podcast where drunk asses talk about opera breezy. and classical music in a breezy kind of way. Breezy asses. <laughs> guys, guys, we made the list. We made the list. Made the list. I mean, how many of them are there? Honestly. Like but 15, thank you. 20. Like they're all on the list. <laughs> thank you, Playbill. These are the, the podcasts that we found. Yeah, thank you, Playbill. Well, if you're wanting to know what we're talking about, go to Facebook. We linked, of course. We had to, we had to link to this to this we had to link. Yeah, right, right. All right, yeah. folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Kyle. I'm Elspeth. I'm Naomi. And this is another episode of Opera After Dark. Yay! Bye. 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 Bye.